did you take advantage of any Black Friday or Cyber Monday sales? Uh, no, I didn't. Really? Nope. Oh, well, I felt compelled. Like, it's one of those things, Cyber Monday in uh, particular. Yeah. I, I feel compelled, like, it doesn't matter what it is. One item. Because I feel like it's a sale. Right. So you might as well, like, get yeah. a new package of socks. Like, why not do it on the Monday when the shipping's free versus on the Tuesday when it's two extra dollars or whatever? Yeah. So... Uh, I was looking at deals, and I, I just got um, an Xbox One, and so I wanted to get another controller for my son, uh, so he could play. And um, they had controllers like super discounted, so mm-hmm. I was like, "All right," so I got a controller um, through Amazon, and then I was like, "At least, do you want anything?" You know on this day um and so she got like some ice cube makers for a drink mm-hmm. you know um like nothing big and then we got like a book for indy mm-hmm. so i'm checking out and i look at the total and the total's like insane and i'm right. like what what is going on and i look and it's all shipping and handling so i switch it were you gonna say something? Well, I was gonna say you can get free, you can do the free option, right? Exactly. Okay. So I can do the free option, right? Yeah. It, it obviously starts me on like the like literally like pay what you're paying for that, and we'll get this to you. You know, 15 minutes after you hit submit, basically. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like free option, whatever. Right. And so that was Cyber Monday. Right. So that was on Monday, and I submit it. And Amazon's like, we'll email you when we ship everything. Mm-hmm. So my shipping goes from literally next day. Like, we could have this for you tomorrow mm-hmm. to whenever. It doesn't even give me, <laughs> like, the first day is not even giving me, like, a window, right. right? And I'm checking throughout the week just for it to ship. I'm, d- I'm just looking for an email to be like, it's on its way, right. you know? And... uh here we are, we're into the weekend now, like Saturday, and no email that's even shipped. Huh. So my question is, what happens from the people who pay the money who get the overnight thing to the people who do the free? Like, are, are they, are we literally, like, are we even citizens of <laughs> the United States in Amazon's eyes right now, right. are we are we like so? You still haven't gotten any of your things. Oh yeah, they haven't even been shipped. Like, wow. Yeah, we're going on a week. Are you sure the order was placed? You got like an order confirmation email. I have a I have a window of estimated delivery. Is the is is the things you bought from a third party? Or are they from no, Amazon? They're all from Amazon. Huh? And they're not a lot. It's well, and see, what I was going to say is every time I've ordered from Amazon and I always do the free shipping, I still get it within like one or two or three days. Like to me, it's never worth doing the two day shipping from Amazon because they they've always gotten it to me so quickly regardless. Well, I, I have I have an estimated window. The order's been placed and everything, but they are not shipping that stuff to me. And I'm just like, 
I want to I want to track a a order, right? Yeah. And I want to track the same order when a guy hits like next day or two day delivery or whatever, and when a guy hits like what I hit free shipping and see where that goes. You know, I imagine like a tube system and basically my order is in some tube down on basement level 10 going to a guy who no one really knows even works for Amazon anymore. Yeah. To actually process my, you know what I mean? Like there's a guy down there named like, uh, like a Joe, you know, Joe in, in basement level 10 who deals with all the free shipping Cyber Monday deals, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, you want, you want, uh, you want what Domino's is offering, right? You want the pizza tracker for your Amazon you products. Go. Yeah. You want to see the stage where it says like checking quality of your pizza or whatever it says, except you want it for Amazon. Well, yeah. I, and it makes me feel like, you know, it's like Willy Wonka's mm-hmm. chocolate, you know, like, where you see on the front of Amazon, like it's a well-oiled machine. They got all this stuff going on, but there's a basement level right. where like the chocolate that goes out to like the mass consumption people are like to the off markets. Yeah. Like Willy Wonka, you know, that river of chocolate that probably goes to New York, LA, Chicago. But man, if you're living in middle America, <laughs> you're probably getting the basement level where like the weird Oompa Loompas are yeah. working, you know what I mean, with no sunlight and stuff. I I feel like I'm stuck on that level of Amazon. I'm behind the shiny surface, and I am in some deep, dark, dirty. Yeah, candy. you're gonna have to email somebody. That's weird. Like I said, I've never. It's always been, like the next day, two days. Sometimes, sometimes I've literally gotten things from Amazon before they've even mail emailed me the shipping number well that's what i was gonna ask you maybe it's like the cyber maybe they're backed up because of cyber monday see maybe they are or maybe there is a um a stratified kind of amazon culture that i've stumbled upon that's true because i do order a lot from amazon yep see so they're just kind of like we're going to bust this guy's beans a little bit before we show him the real. Yeah, who's this Keith Krepko who hasn't ordered anything in a year? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I got I got my confirmation. So anyway. You have to email somebody about it. Oh, gosh. I mean, do I have to really? That's, that's my wife's job. <laughs> She's good at stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Well, this is everything is interesting. I almost, it's been so long, I almost forgot the name of the podcast. It hasn't been that long, but it's been long enough, right? It's been a couple weeks. Uh, My name is Justin Blizzard. I'm here with Keith Krepko. And today we're going to talk about... uh, Amazon.com. Yeah. Yeah. This is our all Amazon (laughs) Where is Keith's (laughs) Cyber Monday? Yeah. We'll listen in as Keith composes his email. And then we'll sit around and wait for the response. <laughs> I'll call customer service for the for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Black Mirror. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Ferguson situation and the Eric Garner situation. You know, not the specifics of those, but we'll talk about them in a social media aspect. 
And uh, we'll close the show with our recommendations. Uh, But first, we're going to take a break and we will come back with Black Mirror. Black Mirror is and it's an anthology show, right? It's so a lot of people are uh, dubbing it as the new Twilight Zone. And it's an anthology series that series that is it is heavily based around technology, right? It's a British show. It just came on Netflix and I guess you watched it a while ago. Yes. I just watched it. I I've watched we've both seen all six episodes. We're going to, I think we're, what we're going to do is talk about a select handful of those episodes in depth because some of them are great, some of them are not so great. Uh, but what I wanted to talk about is with the show, the shows themselves kind of seem to be, they seem to have a central message, right? Or sort of a, a moral lesson that they're trying to teach or some way to redefine the way we look at technology. So I wanted to uh, sort of talk about what the what the episodes are saying, right? What they're saying about us, what they're trying to point out about our relationship with technology. And I wanted to, we'll just go in order, but I wanted to talk about the first episode first, right? So the first episode is called the national anthem i think yes and it's about the prime the prime minister is uh the the queen or the, no the princess of england is kidnapped and a youtube video is rec- is recorded and sent to the world uh specifically sent to the prime minister saying you have to have sex with a pig on live unedited television broadcast to all the channels or else we're going to kill the princess. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so this, this is the, the, you know, it's the first episode, right? So it's your introduction. And I felt like I'm not really sure what the sort of message of the episode is in terms of our relationship with technology. I know there's something there, right? but I wasn't really sure what they were trying to say outside of what the characters sort of very ham handedly say at the end of the episode of like, you know what I mean? Where one of the characters is like, he's sending us a message. Right. So at the end they reveal that like the princess was actually released 30 minutes before the act was committed, but mm-hmm. nobody noticed because they were all inside watching TV and that's the and that's, that's the, the message, point, right? Think, but yeah. at the same time, it's kind of like the so the point is kind of like we're too busy staring at these screens to be involved with each other. But at the same time, like all of the shots of like one of the main shots of people watching this event 
is like 50 people crowded around together in a bar, like having a very communal, that is communal experience. experience right? So it was a little, it was a little confusing. I mean, I get the message, but it seems to be a little, and I think that's for me a theme that will run throughout a lot of these episodes. And maybe it is just my tendency to nitpick things, but it seems to, it seemed to water down the message a little bit for me. But what, what did you take away from that episode? Yeah, I kind of, I mean, that was the most obvious point. What, what left, what I was left with after the first episode was the relationship, his marriage, you know, because the epilogue of the now, ordeal. There are scenes played throughout the credits, right? Uh, is that only some of the episodes or is that all of them? I think only some. Okay, because yeah. I only noticed it after some. And yeah. then I started thinking, like, did I miss what these I in missed? the first episodes? Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, I think, you know, are they are they trying to make some political points in terms right. of, you know, a man making this decision by general kind of populace? Because they vote, right? Like, um, news programs are like, should he do it? Should he not do it? Right, like, right. They're doing polls. Basically. Polls. Right. They're doing polls. And he's wondering what his response should be in light of polls. And it's not as, I mean, he is a nice guy. That's what you get the sense of from right. this episode. Like, he's not a bad prime minister. He doesn't seem like a crooked politician. Right. You know, so minor points like that are there. I think the biggest point was while everyone is focused on this event, uh, the real stuff, real news is happening. Right. That That's true. That's a good and point. And, and there's a lot of things thrown in throughout the episode. You know, you know, there's also, a, a, you know, they're also kind of pointing fingers at the press and how they handle things, right. especially with the woman journalist who shows up and gets shot, which I thought was, for me, really the only sort of, sour note of the episode it right was kind of like I, it was just like totally unnecessary and then after that scene was over like it was over like it's, she's never in it again she's she done. has no she plays no factor in the rest of the episode right um and then i think they're probably also speaking a little bit to this i this antiquated system that they have in england where it's like here's right. this woman who's literally a princess and this royal family who is a literal royal family who they like contribute nothing to society. You know what I mean? Like they literally don't do anything. They're just, they're, they're born into it. It's like, so I'm sure they're, that's part of the message too. Like, you know, is this committing this act worth you know what I mean, and 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 it's also to me it's kind of like, I I I feel like it's something that has come up because of the um, all the journalists being killed by ISIS, right? And it's like right. the stance is we don't negotiate with terrorists, and I kept thinking, well, why aren't they? Why isn't this just solved by them saying like, look, this is a tragic event, but we don't negotiate with terrorists, and it's kind of like, oh, because like this person has this like sort of fictional role in their society and they have to like do everything to save her, even though she kind of doesn't she, do anything. She's a figurehead. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, my one question was like, why did the marriage have to fail out of, out of this? Like that, that was one choice 
yeah. that was left with in the, in the epilogue because the the wife is now completely cold right to him and doesn't want anything to do with him in his personal life and i'm like is that just speaking to the to the um impact of some of these decisions you know that that politicians have to make for a quote-unquote greater good you know that yeah. have on their fa- like is that just a minor point about the stresses and strains that that working for a public that's as fickle as yeah. we are where we're totally interested in this and you need to get her back and then as soon as it's over we're kind of disgusted with you and right and as soon as it's over he's going to be a laughing stock for the rest of his right life. he's going to be a laughing stock for the rest of his life his marriage is going to fall apart I was like, is that like the final little point that they're like the twist of the knife? Because I felt like, man, this guy did not deserve everything that happened to him. And after the climactic scene, she's released. You think like, oh, okay, like we can pull through this then. And then to see the way that his wife is reacting to him, I thought like, are they just like kicking? You know, did they just create this character, throw him on the ground, just kick him on the way out? Charlie Brown. Is he Charlie yeah, Brown? He yeah. Charlie Brown. Yeah. And, and and the other thing that I also wonder too is like, you know, on some things I've read where people uh, talk about this show, some people mention how like funny it is, you know, and stuff like that. And it's like, I'm not going to say that there aren't elements of humor in this first episode, but once the finale kicks in, I'm not laughing too much, oh, yeah. right? Are yeah. you laughing? Like, no. I always wonder like, uh, yeah, how do those people mean yeah. Like, how do you mean it's laugh out loud, funny in moments? Yeah, but I wouldn't, it doesn't leave you. No, laughing. no, it, it, no, it's a very dark episode, at least. Yeah. But that, that's, that's the one thing that I really liked about it is, is it didn't have this, you know, they wrote themselves into a corner, right, with an extreme situation. And then instead of just being like, you know, we fixed it. You know, instead of just like flipping a switch, it's like, all right, well, we run ourselves into this corner and now we're going to live in the corner. You know what I mean? And they just go through with it. And that I thought was great and really kind of refreshing. And I also really liked the like use of technology, which is a huge thing for this show, obviously. But like it's conveyed really well. It's you're not getting these like terrible like pop ups or whatever. You know what I mean? Like horrible simulated screens. It just is. It's good to see a show that understands how to use technology and how to film it and how to, you know, uh, bring it across. But I, afterwards I was thinking about like, I, after, I mean the, that for the first episode is, I mean, it's crazy, right? It's like of, of all episodes to be your first episode, it's the prime minister having sex with the pig on television. Like that's your first episode. It's kind of like, how (laughs) did they get this on television? Like I can't imagine somebody doing something like that ever in America, you know what I mean? Like, you know, on HBO or whatever, that just seems so crazy to me. Yeah. How they how got do you that. sell that idea? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So that was the first episode. We're going to skip the second episode, um, about the it's called 15 million merits. That's right. 15 million merits. We'll skip that one. Um, although I will say, and this is also a trend throughout the show is you end up sort of watching until the last 
15, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. And it, it's just like with the first episode, it's like the, it opens with this premise of, you know, basically by the end of this, you're, this guy's going to have to have sex with a pig or the, this woman's going to die. And so you're kind of, it's all building up to that. And so you're watching to that point. And so I feel like that is a common theme in a lot of the episodes, not all of them, but this one, but the second episode, especially, and we talked about it a little bit before, but I, I, the second episode, I just didn't really care for it. It was too long. And then the last 10 or 15 minutes, you, you know, they have the sort of reveal, you get a big chunk of kind of what the episode is about. And it's kind of like, yeah, I like that. I like the message. I like the sort of conclusion of it, but man, I just watched 45 to 50 minutes of an episode I didn't like for five to 10 minutes of an episode I do like. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I agree. It it felt a little too cranked up. Everything was yeah. a little too... Like, the setting was a little cranked up. The the futuristic... The acting. Kind of dystopia. The was, bully on the bike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was all a bit a bit much, and it kind of wore me out by, yeah. by the end. I do agree with you, though. The ending kind of ties it together, hits home its point. Uh, but I was ready to move on to the third episode like you, which I would argue I think is the best one of the entire. Yeah, so the third episode is called The Entire History of You. And it is a it is about a... Uh, it takes place in a future where... Short fu- yeah, a near future. Yeah, near future where we basically have these implants in our heads called grains, right? And it allows you to basically record your entire history and play it back you know, at will, ad nauseum. And it's just as projected in your eyeballs. Right. So, right? Yeah, it's a little thing behind your ear and it will record what you see and you can project it. You can like stream it to a television, show other people right. certain clips and videos and stuff. Yeah, it's basically your, you know, Facebook profile except in video form, right? And everyone, and, and it's what everyone is obsessed with, right? It's Google Glass in your eye. Right. <laughs> um, and... It's, you know, it's it's a very obvious parallel to Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Well, I guess Facebook more than anything because it's all about you. Um, but it's about a, a couple who, or a, I guess it's about a guy who comes back from a business trip early and he thinks he catches his wife acting suspiciously, right? And then by the end of the episode you see that his suspicions were correct and she was cheating on him and all this and his life falls apart and um and it's it's it, and and i guess for me that's where it loses its meaning Thread. It, yeah it, it's like i i the ep, the episode is great right and the technology in it is is great and it's done really well and, and it's very compelling and mm-hmm. it's like very like it seems very plausible but to me the whole like evil of social media and of facebook is that people are s- sort of conveying a life that they don't actually live you know what i mean what they're doing is is sort of hyped up to 11 instead of like an actual portrayal of what they're actually doing. You know what I mean? 
And so I feel like in order to, and maybe that's, if, if that's not the, it, maybe that's not the point that the episode is trying to make. But for me, by having him at the end, having the revelation of all of his suspicions were confirmed, it's kind of like, it, to me, it felt like they that was more for the tag at the end of the episode than it was for this idea that obsessing over your past and being able to pick out all of these um, ticks and twitches that's part of like human nature that aren't meant to be examined at that level, right? They're just sort of weird things that we do. I feel like you you lose all of that meaning by then having them just by having it be confirmed. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that's where I'd argue the the Twilight Zone aspect of it comes into play, where Twilight Zone would set up an interesting, intriguing premise, but then would normally go with the ending that made the most narrative sense or impact yeah. versus thematic, you know? And um, with this episode, I felt like if you find out that his suspicions were not confirmed, and they do heighten them again in terms of what he finds out about when they did sleep together right. and when his daughter was born and all that, like it, it heightens everything up. Um, and it, it creates this good button that I do agree. Like if you just wanted to make a statement about the technology, then it would make most sense to have him be wrong in his suspicions and to just basically run his wife off through his jealousy. You know, if he's like, overanalyzing these things it right. turns out nope nothing was between them that's that, that's fine but in terms of a of a show like you know that ending kind of it's hard to tie up and make compelling but if you go oh well what if he's right and what if we throw suspicion in on his daughter and what if yeah. you know all this other stuff well now we're, we've heightened it heightened it heightened it to a great television ending that I agree with you may not fit with the thematic goals of that, but the theme is still there and it's done so well that I totally forgave it when it did that shift and you find out that, yeah, he's more right than he, you know, initially thought he was, but I loved the journey of him getting there. Sure. Yeah. It was great. I loved him pulling in the, uh, the babysitter after Mm -hmm. staying up all night and just being like, is this funny? Is this mm-hmm. objectively funny? And mm-hmm. it totally made me think about myself in a way. And this was maybe a deeper level of intent, which is one reason why I love Black Mirror, is that they may not have even set out to cause people to question themselves like I did with this one. Right. But I was like, how could I not turn into this person if I had access to this technology. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And that's, uh, yeah, that's obviously the point. Yeah. 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 But I mean, and they don't hammer that home though. You know what I mean? That, Ex- yeah. It, like, it's not like this could be like, he doesn't turn and look well, it at ends the camera. Up all the being justified end. because she was cheating. Right. Right. And, and then I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what have I already, you know, given up of myself mm-hmm. to other social technologies mm-hmm. that I haven't even really thought of before. You yeah. know, and that could be in any area, right? It could be listening to podcasts so much that I'm not able to focus on other things or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so it got me thinking about 
you know, not even that as like a future thing and being scared of that technology, but wondering what technologies I've already allowed to like impact me in a way that this guy has been impacted. So, you know, around the dinner table, they're like, why wouldn't you have a grain? You know, that that lady Mm -hmm. who got hers cut out Mm -hmm. because she was in an attack and never got it replaced is like, what? It doesn't even make sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I would say... I think there is a way to do it, right? And my my example of that is is City of Glass, right? Paul Auster's City of Glass. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is, uh, I don't want to, I'm sure a lot of people haven't read that, so I don't want to ruin the ending of that, but it's it's a very similar story in that you have one guy obsessing over details and making connections where connections may or may not be there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't end well for him, right? Mm-hmm. And it and it ends, I mean, well, I don't want to give the ending away. But it doesn't end well for him. And, and that, to me, is an example of, you know, I feel like, I just feel like the end of the episode, in order to really hammer all that home, should have just been like, it should just sort of, should just sort of been uh, ambiguous, like her just leaving, taking the the kid and leaving, and being like, "I'm not going to live under this scrutiny." Like, you have to believe me. I'm telling you this. You have to believe me, right? You know what I mean? Like, because that's kind of what it's about. It's just, but instead, like I said, all of that paranoia and all of that scrutinization is justified in the end because she was cheating on him and that probably wasn't his kid. But, but yeah, but the, but the other question is like, is it justified? I mean, I would still argue that it wasn't, you know, and that, and that's kind of Orwell in 1984 territory where, where you're like, you know, even for the truth or whatever you want to justify, you know, that you're going to gain out of a technological advance, like, is that right or is that good? And I think they still get away with asking that question pretty well. <clears throat> I don't think he's justified. Even though he found out what he knew, he was not justified in doing what he did. He did not go about it in a way that... Okay, so he was not justified in doing what he did the way that he did it? Or he just wasn't justified, period? Yeah, no, I mean... Of course, when he attacks the guy, right when he goes over to the uh, to the man's right, house right. that he suspects is cheating, and he attacks uh, him, and he attacks him and forces him to like show him his, you know, the information on his chip. Like, yeah, th- there's no justification for that. But I think also in the way that he treated his wife mm-hmm. in getting to the bottom of it, you know, hmm. like I would even argue, yeah, like. If you had this technology, I think I would want to say these are the boundaries of how we're going to use it in mm-hmm. the context of a relationship. And we cannot use it as a as a as an opportunity to spy on each other because it's going to lead to paranoia and it's going to fracture a relationship. Because he was right this time, but what if he was wrong? Yeah. Right? And if he was wrong, he would have probably irreparably Absolutely. Exactly. So that's interesting. I can't separate myself from knowing that she cheated on him, though. You know what I mean? Like, to me, man, I guess that says a lot about me. (laughs) To me, that the ends justify the means 
kind of like of I, I don't think the way right like I'm not I don't agree with the way he went about it, but at the same time, hmm, I don't see. Yeah, it's, it's inter- that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, that, it's an interesting question. See, you see, my my <clears throat> feeling is, in in order to protect a relationship, like you do have to go in to relationships with trust, right? You have to have that, and you have to go in with an idea of like, I am not going to be spying on you, right? Like, I don't care what I suspect, you know. There has to be other ways to address that, those suspicions and those issues, mm-hmm. rather than jumping to checking social media. Like, if we break this down to what we have access to today, like, yeah, would you log into your wife's Facebook account with her password and and look at all the information and history, you know, to to secure that she's not having an affair on you? I mean, uh, boy. If I had a very strong suspicion, I it would be very difficult for me to not do that. If I was if I had myself convinced that my wife was cheating on me, it would be extremely difficult for me to not do whatever I could to try to figure that out. Just for nothing else, just because I just want to know. You know what I mean? Like don't you just want to know, right? Like that's like that's something that I want to know. Like, it's not like for any sort of like, it's not like a revenge scenario. It just is like, if you want, if, if, if there's any sort of suspicion you have about anything, right? You want like, if you see the, if you see the mailman walk up and put mail in your mailbox, you want to know what's in your mailbox, right? Exactly. But, but the question is using that analogy, how did you see him do that? Right? Like. If you saw him in the normal day of like, oh, yeah, oh, there's the mailman, yeah, right? right? Versus I've like dug a hole right by my mailbox. I buried myself with only, you know, a little space for my eyes to see so I could look out <laughs> as he did and then jump out and be like, ah, give it to me. You know, like yeah. I want, you know, like I think I think the method that you go about getting that information matters, you know? I don't think it's all fair yeah, game. No, like, it's no, not I agree. Like, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I agree. I, I think mm-hmm. I think separating the the results is what's tripping me up. Well, I mean, again, I would say and that's I'll go back to this and I'll say that's why I like the ending of this, because he got the result that he wanted. He found out the truth. He addressed the truth. But it left it left him here where he is at that moment, right? An empty house, reliving his old memories. But you would know? you rather have that, or would you rather be in a relationship where you're constantly suspicious of your significant other cheating on you? Well, no. But but could the way that he addressed it have changed the outcome of that? Could he have salvaged his relationship? by addressing it differently. And I would argue, I think he could have, you know, I think there's a situation where he finds out that, you know, his wife is cheating on him. And again, if he wants to do this work on reconciliation and repair Mm -hmm. versus separation and, you know, um, ostracization or Mm -hmm. or exile, Mm -hmm. there's a better word. 
Yeah. I think I would just take the life of misery. You you just be left with your self righteous like That's right. I found it out. I was right. <laughs> Good. All Good right. riddance. <laughs> Let's move on. Boy. I wasn't expecting all that. Uh all right. So the second season starts with an episode called Be Right Back, I believe. Um it's about another couple who I was a little confused at the beginning of this because like weren't they like I thought they they were at like a they were at like vacationing at his old house. Uh no, they moved to They a- moved, but wasn't there something of like any well, I won't get lost in the details. Okay, <laughs> so they move into his old house. Um so a couple moves into uh the husband or boyfriend's new house. At the end of the day or something, or at the beginning of some day, the boyfriend has to return something or go somewhere. And he, so he goes somewhere, right? And he dies, right? We don't know how he dies. He just goes. He's he returning. Does, he doesn't a come back. fan or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so the episode is about this uh, mysterious service that is introduced to the grieving widow slash girlfriend. I'm not sure what the relationship was um, where they can, uh, where this, this service can recreate her boyfriend's voice using all of his public social media information. So it gathers his verbiage and his language from his tweets, from his Facebook posts, from, you know, whatever else is out there, his blog, whatever his, public emails uh you know she goes down the rabbit hole with it and submits all of his private information and then she ends up submitting all of his all of the um recordings that they have together so you know home movies and stuff so then uh his his voice is recreated and they start having you know phone conversations blah 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 and then at some point he says There is an experimental side of this that costs a lot of money. She goes through with it. It turns out that this they have learned to somehow like grow full sized human bodies and then embed them with the personalities and recreate the uh, physicality of the person who's gone. So she ends up living with a basically a social media clone of her dead boyfriend. Right. Right. And that's what the episode is about. Um, but it's done really well. It's another one of those episodes where it's done really well. The technology, I mean, the technology doesn't sound that far fetched. I mean, I mean, we do, I just signed up, I just got a new phone and I was, and I installed a keyboard, right. And the keyboard was like, Hey, let us go through your Twitter profile so we can see how you type so we can learn to better predict what words you're going to use next. You know what I mean? So it's obviously not that, you know, far fetched outside of the, uh, clone. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But it's an interesting premise. Uh, but it was also one of those where I wasn't really sure what the message was by the end of it. Oh, really? I, I mean, to me again, I just kept thinking about like, first off you have commercials. I think we talked about this. Maybe we talked about this, privately but um celebrities being in commercial like dead celebrities 
Oh, who yeah. Are, mm-hmm. Who are being mapped into present-day commercials. Yeah, it was when the Chris Farley, like, wasn't it like some insurance company was using the Chris Farley Tommy Boy stuff? Yes. And, and how, like, the whole ethical implication to that came up. I think we were both on different sides of that, yeah. of, of that debate. But, um, you know, in this, I feel like, again, you have that, that, number one, you have that ethical dilemma, like, kicked up a, an extra notch. Like, what if you could put together a composite of anybody based on their information? Social media, or what if you could go otherwise? What if you could just plug in information, everything about this person, plug in their writings or whatever, and be like, we can get a new novel from you know Nabokov by yeah. by just putting in what he's written before. Right. And then putting and, in some keywords. And it'll right. generate out a new novel or Cormac McCarthy or whatever. Um and uh and then, and then breaking that, out. you know. So I think that there is that kind of commodification question that's mm-hmm. interesting um, that this kind of addresses. And then, and then there's the the purely sci-fi aspect of, you know, thinking about, yeah, like I, I remember reading an article about a mother who is dying of cancer and wrote letters to her daughter, and asked that she open one a year mm-hmm. and yeah, the daughter's that. writing about kind of being terrorized by them like yeah. every year just knowing like there's this other letter coming up and it has like advice and it's from her mom but it's weird and she can't fully apply it to her life now and how bad it made her feel and all conflicted and everything mm-hmm. i thought that, that article was fascinating and I, I thought about yeah. that with this too you know so i was like yeah we could you could just analyze this just as a service and say if this service was available today would you want to do it where the pros and cons of it that i think is an interesting conversation or you could go even further and say is it appropriate or even right to you know kind of composite anybody based on their information that they've made public you know right. i mean like i post stuff to twitter and anyone can read it although i don't want anybody compositing me from my social media i wouldn't want at least to do that or yeah, I see. I would that. say yes. I would say that's you're posting it to a public thing. That's fair game. See, like, I would say when I die, seal it in amber, lock it up. Like if Indy wants to access it, that's cool. Sure, but, but yeah, don't make it an active account in any way, or you know, when you, I, I could see Twitter being like, when you die. Do you want us to tell your son happy birthday from you every day on his birthday? Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. could do that for you and right. be like, no, I don't want you doing that for me. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? No, you're not me. This social media is not me. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, uh, I feel like he should, the clone should have been just more obnoxious. You know what I mean? <laughs> because, like, that's what social media is. It's just people at their most obnoxious, I feel you like. Know, you know what would have been really funny is, what if, and again, this is one that doesn't have a lot of humor in it. Mm-hmm. It's one's pretty serious all through. But, but it would be funny if, just based on his social media, it tried to create conversations that he would have. Yeah. But, like, the political conversations are really, like, <laughs> blunt or, like, to the point. Right. Like, you yeah. know, he, whenever he tries to ad-lib something, it just comes off like it's right. been written in 140 characters. Yeah. It just doesn't. There's no like nuance. No to nuance conversation at all. <laughs> like she's like, so did you hear about uh, you know the the what the president said today? It's like, 
yeah, the president does not deserve to be reelected. <laughs> he needs to be a one-term president. Yeah. And be like, okay, yeah. well, ne- never mind. Yeah. Yeah, but that episode was good. I, I did like it. Um, I just, like I said, I was a little... Um, okay, so the, se- the second episode is called White Bear. And it is... This, this to me, this is a, this is a, this is a kind of like a borderline episode for me because like the second episode of the first season, you're basically watching, if this episode is 45 minutes long, Mm -hmm. you're basically watching 40 minutes for the last five minutes. But I feel like the last five minutes are so good Mm-hmm. Uh, and are so revelatory for the first 40 minutes that it makes it worth it. I didn't really care for the first 40 minutes that much. You know, it wasn't terrible. Um, but it's about uh, what you find out in the end. And uh, during the credits, they basically read like, <laughs> and this is kind of my point during the like 45, you know, or two to three minute long credits at the end of the episode they basically replay the entire episode you just watched you know what i mean so it's kind of like all of this could have been condensed to two minutes like i just watched that 40 minutes for kind of nothing uh but it's about a woman uh who wakes up she doesn't know where she is she doesn't know who she is and she uh she sort of is told from the people around her that she's in this sort of middle of this weird apocalyptic setting where a mysterious signal has been broadcast out and turned everyone into either uh, cell phone recording zombies or, uh, you know, unstoppable hunters who are just murdering people. Right. Right. And she's being chased by one of the hunters and she's constantly being recorded by the people with their phones. At the end of the episode, you realize or it's revealed that she uh, is a convicted kidnapper slash child murderer. Um, And she is on something that was called, I can't remember what it's called, Justice Park, something like that. Yeah. Like Criminal Justice Park, something. So she's basically, it's basically a zoo, right? A zoo for criminals where you go to visit and you can participate right right? it's an amusement park it's basically an amusement park ride where you're just observing this you know criminal who's slated for i'm i'm either this is their sentence or death eventually who knows being chased around and terrorized and then at the end of the day having their memory wiped and having to go through it all again the next day very dark at the end yeah um but i liked it i thought it was i thought it was a is a really interesting idea. Right. Um, but again, I, I think the, the, I think it's more of a sort of like a social message, like, um, uh, corporal punishment message than technology. I mean, because at the end, I mean, I guess the, I mean, the big technology focus is, oh, it's also, I guess it's kind of like a reality game show, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I took it more broadcast. as that. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, I took it more as like, a reality game show kind of mixed with the gladiatorial kind of Roman idea of wanting to, you know, this kind of bloodthirsty idea mixed with throw justice in there. And it's like, oh yeah, we can justify, you know, doing this to a murderer. 
doing well, this also, to a person. Right, right. While also just having it be horrible, you know, like yeah. inhumane treatment of a person. Right. And that's the thing that kind of threw me off at the end is like, I understand that this person committed this horrible crime of kidnapping a girl, a little girl and killing her with her boyfriend. So like, why are you making me feel bad for her at the end of this episode? You know what I mean? When she's like screaming and being treated this way. Well, yeah, I think that's what I think that's what it's like, you know, here's the worst person that you shouldn't feel any sympathy for, but look at the way that she's being treated. Right. How can you not feel sympathy, which we're, we're not going to talk this directly about it later on, but but I would say, like, you know, there are some people that I think would I would like to go through a a sense of justice park when you see the way that they respond to what's going on, you know, today, like in uh, Ferguson and yeah. in 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 New York, where you know you just want to be like you have you've seemingly no empathy or sympathy right. for anybody. You don't, you don't realize what you're actually calling for. Right? Ex- exactly. You yeah. don't realize what you're calling for. You don't realize what that would look or feel like, yeah. you know, are you kidding me? So yeah. there's also that too. Yeah. Uh, and then the last episode, so there's only two seasons, right? Yep. And they're doing a Christmas special. Right. I saw with that. John Hamm. So, so this, but the show is continuing. It's not over or anything, right? No, it's you know, it's like it's British, so it's, it's weird. British. It's it's on their the own. The schedule is weird. Yeah, the schedule's weird, and how they play out. Okay, so the last episode, neither of us really cared for. Now you oh hyped it up to me as like one of the worst things you'd ever, ever seen, seen in your life. Period. So that's the mindset I had going into it, and it's called I don't the, even know. I can't Waldo remember what's called, but it, Waldo moment. is in the title, right? And it's about a uh, failed comedian who's voicing uh, like uh, Triumph the dog sort of cartoon uh, and he's like sticking it to the political system. It's not, I didn't, I, it, you know, I didn't think it was terrible. I, I'm, I'm going to keep it short. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. The, the CGI, the computer graphics or whatever of Waldo was awful. The writing was awful. Awful. I mean, it, you know, get a political satirist in, please, if, because what he was saying, and that may have been the point too, that yeah. Waldo is pretty just like, you're an idiot. Right. You know, that's and all it like, takes. That's all it takes, maybe. But it was so dull, and there was no twist at the end. I think coming after that Justice Park twist. We're like, oh, the last 15 minutes, you know, there's no twist to this at all. It just hammers home its same point the yeah. whole entire time and it just ends on the same note it began with. And it was embarrassing. It was and embarrassing. That's what, but that's what I was saying. I felt it was somewhat refreshing because you just watched five, or at least I, I did. I just watched five episodes. You know, I watched like... I can't remember what I, but I just watched five episodes of the show with it over the course of three days and five, all five of those episodes, you know, the first 40 minutes built up to the last five minutes and this one didn't, it just went along and then it ended, you know, and again, it wasn't a good ending. It was a pretty bad ending and it was a pretty bad buildup. The episode itself wasn't great, but I just, it didn't strike me either way as like being oh. terrible or being good. Oh man, it, it was, was kind of like so I could take it or leave it. 
It was so bad. Do it you ma- think that it at all was a critique on like The Daily Show or Stephen Colbert? No, no, it you wasn't don't? even. It wasn't even that focused. It wasn't even that that point. But I mean, though, yeah. But the whole the whole point is like here is a comedian who is like that's what I feel like, and maybe this is because I don't watch The Daily Show or Colbert. Is I feel like they're just satirizing the news. Um but they're not actually providing alternatives. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Well, I, I don't, I don't, I have a problem with somebody who wants to do deep commentary about something, then duck behind the, you know, the weak excuse of being like, when like confronted or be like, well, yeah, what do you, what do you want? Be like, well, I'm not a politician, you know, and yeah. trying to, to backtrack that way. I don't think Jon Stewart does that though. I'm not I'm not a big fan of of those types of shows, but I think Jon Stewart and maybe as things have gotten crazier and crazier and as general population in terms of news mm-hmm. has gotten dumber and dumber, people like Jon Stewart have more of a platform that I think is justified, right? Sure. Like there's no it's not that Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert and John Oliver are distracting people. They are in a lot of ways doing more valid reporting than people on, you know, the quote unquote legitimate like 24 hour news cycle. Yeah. Um, So, no, I don't think that it was addressing them. I don't think it accurately fit. Like one of the best reactions to the Eric Garner non indictment of that officer was Jon Stewart's on his show. It was honest. It was. You know, he's informed about the situation. I thought it it was, it, it's what I wish I would have seen from a lot of other sources. Yeah. Instead, you, you know, what you see on Fox News and whatever is just like bury your head in the sand. Yeah. Just wait for the apocalypse. Yeah. To happen. Type I agree. Of stuff. All right. Well, that was Black Mirror. Um, and before our conversation bleeds over into what we're going to talk about next. We'll take a break. But I would say Black Mirror, it's on Netflix, highly recommended. Uh you could probably skip and that's the other thing. I I did watch these out of order, which is not something I I typically do, but I watched the first episode and then um Julia, my wife wanted to watch I asked her if she wanted to watch it and she did, so I just went right to the entire history of you because I wanted to make sure that you know she had a good experience. Yeah, to make it, yeah, right? to make it count. Um, did, did it work? Yeah, she loved it. Okay, good. Uh, and then I went back and watched, or no, and then we watched the second episode, which I actually turned off halfway through because I was like, it was late, and I was just like, I don't have the patience for this. Yeah. But then she's like, why'd you turn that off? And I was like, all right. So we finished that, and then I watched the rest, the last three today. But it's an, an anthology series, so you can skip around. Yeah. And I, it, with that being said, unless you've got time to skill, time to kill, I would say like skip this episode two and episode six. I think you can just skip those all together. Oh, gosh. But um, Black Mirror, highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. We're going to take a break and we will come back with uh, a discussion around Ferguson and the unrest in the communities.
I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about Ferguson and I wanted to talk about the Eric Garner situation and all the other sort of terrible things that are happening <clears throat> along those that same vein. But I didn't want to talk about the actual cases themselves. One, because I'm just not qualified to and I don't have enough information to. Um, but two, I wanted to uh, focus on sort of how they're being treated in social media, sort of like how people are reacting to it. Um, and I know that you said that you had something specifically you wanted to talk about. Um, so let's, um, let's do that. Let's do that first. So what was my your, thing? Yeah. What was your thing first? Well, I, I guess I just wanted to, uh, rate and maybe get your feeling on this too. Yeah. The, my least favorite, the most atrocious social media response yeah. to, you know, the Ferguson case and the Eric Garner case, mm-hmm. which I've seen on Facebook and just drives me insane, drives me absolutely crazy. Yeah. I want to know if you feel the same way or if there's something, if you can top this, all okay. right? The people who post articles about white people getting shot (laughs) (laughs) right as some sort of distraction or trying to equate where what they're what they're saying is see it's not about race it's not racial because it happens to white people too that's what they're saying right that's the whole reason they're posting that art but but i mean some of them aren't even making that claim i think I think they're trying to, I don't know what they're trying to do. Are they trying to justify murders, period? Who knows? (laughs) Hey, look, other people are murdered. See, murder happens. So so then what? What should our response be then? Are Are you kidding me? And if you look at the numbers, I don't think that you can still equate them. Right. Right? Yeah, maybe you can find this equivalent or... Or that one. And and then the other thing that, that gets me, and I, I posted one thing, and it was just a picture that I saw of a boy at a protest in, I think it was like L.A., mm-hmm. offering the, free the, hugs. The famous picture, right, of the kid right. being hugged. Right, it, be, being hugged. But the reason why that spoke to me was the boy. It wasn't the. It wasn't about the police officer, mm-hmm. right? I'm glad that the police officer went up and hugged that boy. But mm-hmm. when you look at the face of that boy, it reminds me of when I was his age and the first Iraq War broke out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was overwhelmed. I remember watching the news with my parents, being okay, and then crying mm-hmm. the, the the next minute because I didn't understand the explosions and the death. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it meant for me. You know. And I looked at that kid in that picture, and I was like, "That kid is me. He doesn't understand. He's terrified. He's right. terrified, you know." Right. And that to me was it's about. But then other people will post stuff of like, "This police officer went and responded to a call about a cat." <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, "Well, you know that police officer has done this and this and this." It's uh. kind of like. That's it's not that's not the point. That's, <laughs> like, not, that's not the, the po- point of the picture, guys. Like you're getting lost in the weeds. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And you're focused on and, and that was the thing. Like to me, again, I'm glad that the officer hugged that kid. Right. That's great. 
but it's about the kid in that picture. Right. You know what I mean? Look at his face that's and exactly, look how terrified he exactly is. exactly right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, any <laughs> post that distracts from dealing with the main issue drives me absolutely insane or trying to one in, I guess, like, oh, you're angry about that wrong. Well, here's another wrong. And those two should equate each other. So, so stop. <laughs> so shut yeah. up. I mean, I don't get it. Yeah. And just as a, a sidebar, if you are posting those articles on Facebook, like if you're, if you're getting ready to post an article from somewhere that's like conservativedaily.com or like <laughs> youngrepublicanreport.com like right conservative news don't post that like you know yeah. that's not a like reputable news source right like just steer clear from that please <laughs> like it's not it just is like you can just post the URL and we'll know what you're talking right. about. And, you, and you're not even safe if you go outside of that either. Yeah. Yeah. So my, the only thing I really wanted to talk about is there seems to be, and I guess this is somewhat ironic coming from two uh, or coming from a white guy talking about this situation, but there seems to be this, there seems to be, and it's understandable with our, you know, with social media and all that, but there seems to be this rush to like get your opinion out about what's going on, whether it be on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you know what I mean? Or I guess I should say to get my opinion out speaking as the general population, you know what I mean? Right. Whereas I feel like the rush should be to listen, right? Like a lot of the people expressing their opinions on this matter are not in any way involved in the community that's being affected by this. You know what I mean? Like you have an entire race of people in America who are saying we are being treated unfairly, right? You have millions of people who are unifying under this message of like, we're still being treated as second class citizens in certain respects, maybe. And for some reason, there's this rush of people to be like, just like you said, well, here's a white guy that was shot. It's kind of like, right. That's not, that's not the point. Like take, take a moment. And instead of posting what you're going to post on Facebook, look up, you know, a black writer or someone in the black community who's writing on this topic or who's speeding or speaking about this topic and listen to what they have to say. And then formulate your opinion to yourself and then do that again and again and again and then again and then never share your opinion on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like just, I just feel like people need to like take a step back and listen. And if you're going on Facebook and being like, let's have a conversation about this. You better have those people from that. You better have, you know, in this case, black people like as friends on Facebook who can contribute to that conversation. Like, a bunch of white guys or white people sitting around talking about this is kind of pointless because unless you've grown up in those communities, you you really don't understand what's going on. I don't understand what's going on, right? I have no idea what that feels like, but I at least hope I understand that I need to first listen to those people and then not, then not say to them, well, that's not how it was when I grew up, so it must not be true. 
right? right? Because I didn't grow up like them. I don't have any of those experiences. That's the one thing that is bothering me the most about all of this. It just is like, I don't understand the rush to discredit thousands to millions of people who are saying this is happening. You, you, I think you've given me my new like intellectual Facebook takedown uh-huh. where next time I see somebody posting something stupid like that, I'm just going to be like, you need to go on a fact finding mission and never come back. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Just go keep collecting data yeah. and just don't ever come back from that trip. Yeah. You know, but it's like that, but it's like, have you seen one Ferguson or New York City conversation on your Facebook that has been constructive or helpful to anyone involved? I mean, I don't, I, I don't really read them. See, I, I but, can't help myself. Oh, really? I, I, <laughs> I get I can so sucked no. into the rabbit hole. Oh, I cannot see, help myself. I, I can assume no. Yeah. You know, which is why. Well, I, I'll say no. I, I, uh, I avoid them, but um, but yeah, no, I totally. I totally agree. I mean, this is a time to be just. I th- and, and what's sad is there's a lot of good writing out there to be read yeah. right now by people who are not me and right. who are not friends with me on Facebook. Like, there's a lot of good stuff. Like, I'm learning a lot and getting a lot of perspective of even things that I assumed, you know? Yeah. Um, but you still have, like, I, I was listening to On Point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, on point. Is Tom Ashbrook back? By the way, no, he's no, no. He's, he's 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 still out. But you know, every week they do like the weekend news, right? Mm-hmm. So they're doing the weekend news, and and one thing that you know they always do is bring in like outside voices. Like, let's see what I don't know who screens their stuff. <laughs> but the, I don't think anybody does. They okay. get some of the craziest callers. Thank you. <laughs> well, well, not not just callers, but even on social media. And this lady, maybe she's like a like a Ron Burgundy type, where it's like whatever they send her way, she just like reads. But she's like reading. She's like Mike from Wisconsin says, you know, uh, I don't understand why people get so bent out of shape. Like, you know, we have a black president. Like, it's there's not a racial issue or whatever. Yeah. And then she gets to like she's like, and Tom in Minnesota says, white is right, black lives don't matter. Yes, like yes, she, I did listen to that one. Yes. Yeah, and then and, she like, yeah, I was like, why did she just read that on air? Why did she just read that? <laughs> yes, but if it's like okay, so remember when she reads that? That was the last one. Then segueing back right. into like her guests. Yes, and you could tell when she was reading it, like she stuttered halfway through. She's like, "White is right." Yeah, and then she reads <laughs> the rest of it. So, but then I was like, also. That's like NPR, you know, that's like you even have like comments like that on a show like that. Like, right. You you think you can save yourself from it, you know, by being like, well, I'm just going to read what's going on in this. And it's like, no, like they're idiots. They've permeated everywhere. And whether that guy was trolling, like right. that may have been a 15 year old kid who's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, like, or whatever. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me though, if it really was just yeah, a there was white supremacist <laughs> idiot who listens to on point with right. Tom Ashbrook. Right. You know, there was somebody who called in a few weeks ago when they were doing a show about immigration and they're talking about something. I can't remember what, and it was just one of those like Mike in Wisconsin, what do you have to say? And he goes, 
why don't we talk about the extermination of the black Americans by the Mexicans? And then he hangs up and she just goes, okay. And then she moves on to the next thing. It's like, (laughs) who is screening this stuff? Right. It's like, man, they have the craziest people call into that. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's all we're going to say on that. Right. Yeah. Um, we'll take a break. Our final break, and we will come back and discuss our recommendations. The last show you recommended that I watch. Do you remember? Europa Report. Europa Report. And I watched it. As a, I, and one of the main reasons why I recommended it is as a kind of uh, a mirror, you know, to hold up against Interstellar, you know? Yeah. So I, I was really interested in your reaction <clears throat> based on that as a, as a kind of response to Interstellar. But what'd you think? Uh, well, it, my view of Interstellar has been so tainted by the undying love of Interstellar of the internet that I don't think I can ever have a un- proper, like, I don't think I can ever give that movie another chance, a okay. fair second chance. And I didn't even dislike the movie. Right. I, it was fine. It was an entertaining movie to see in the theaters, but there's a lot of really stupid stuff about it that people okay. are just like, all right, we are, we won't get into it. That's fine. So as a mirror to interstellar, I mean, I'll say this. I, th- I feel about your Euro- Europa report about the same. I feel about interstellar. It was fine. I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was great. I will say this, they do the documentary stuff in Europa Report, and I felt like that was not good. Like really? the documentary stuff they did in that I felt was terrible. Oh like man. I mean like the one on one interviews. Yeah. I no, didn't like it at all. Well well the reason why I love it and I don't want to spoil it, is it feeds into one of the biggest reveals of the of the film. Like one of the biggest twists. Yeah. Which which I loved because I did not expect that, and then the reason why I recommend it too is because I feel like it hits some of the same elements as Interstellar. Like you said, it documentary does. footage, yeah. you know, the way that deals with this crew, a lot of really bad exposition, <laughs> ba- ba- bad exposition, you know, crew death, yeah, um, and then but then also I love how when they get to where they're going, it turns into an HP Lovecraftian. Yeah, now that was the one thing I I really liked the end. The, the, ending, the ending was great. Yeah, yeah the, the, ending, the, was the great. ending I think is fantastic. Yeah. So anyway, I was wondering if perhaps a smaller film set in space would you'd have a different reaction to, but yeah, not really. Okay. All right. So my recommendation for you actually comes from a listener to the podcast. Wait, we had somebody who responded to us. Well, this is someone who listened to our Leftovers podcast. Okay. He recommended a short story to me, 
and I read that short story, and now I'm recommending it to you. It's called The Plagiarist, and it's written by a guy. Uh, his name is Hugh Howie. Um, you have you have a Nook, right? Yeah. Okay, it's in the Nook store. It's on. I read it on uh, the Kindle store, but it's 99 cents, short story. It'll take you an hour maybe to read. Can you text me? Sure, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll text to you. But uh, that's my recommendation. That's my recommendation. Um, so that'll do it for this week's show. Uh, you can find any of the show notes, music notes, anything we'll link to is in the description on the website. You can go to brownbluewhite.com. It'll be there. You can follow the show on Twitter at Brown Blue White. You can follow us individually at Brown Blue White or on Twitter. I am at Blizzard with nine Z's. <laughs> and I'm at Things Come Right. And, uh, oh, I think our next episode will probably be about the guest, right? Because that comes out on the 16th. Yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, our next show will be the guest. Comes out on VOD on the 16th. It's supposed to be really good. So, uh... So, you know, I'll like it and Justin will right. think it's okay. I'll find some way to crap all over it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's the, that's the show. We'll uh, see you next time, buddies. Okay.